episode seven today is going to mark a a uh, a good new beginning, I think, for us um, in respects to uh, in the first six episodes. The way we've done this is the absolute hardest way possible. We have been in two different rooms away from each other using headsets because Podbean has some issues that you have to go through when you have a co-host. Um, and we were not bright enough to realize that if we just sit together uh, and each of us have our laptops and we use one mic, that we could eliminate 90% of our problems. And we've done that. We've made a good investment in, in a good mic, we think. And uh, so... We have one more little small investment to make, and then Jerry will be good to go. Uh, what we've lacked in the last six episodes is Jerry and I sitting here where we can see each other and read each other and play off each other's visual cues, and that's why we had a lot of overlap, I think, in a lot of times. So we, And last week, we both want to just apologize. The audio from last week sucked, for uh, <laughs> lack of a better word. Um Hopefully. Two different inputs. One was on a normal level. One was at about a level on a scale of one to hundred was about a three. Yeah, it was okay. terrible. So it was it, terrible. It is what it is. The other one was like at a ninety-nine. That would be me, and I'm loud enough as it is. Um, Jerry was at a two, and he's usually the quieter of the two. So hopefully, sound-wise, this is going to sound a lot better. Uh, and. Yeah. So how was your week? My week was good. Um, I'm not starting the podcast on nearly the high that I did last week. <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to say you're probably not either. You are drinking a, a good beverage that you like, a Mick Ultra Light. I'm drinking a Coke Zero, which is what I drink 99% of the time. Good drinks for both of us. Nowhere near what we had last week. No, last week was nice. Yes, it was. And, you know, we were celebrating 100 downloads last week. Uh, and thanks to everyone who, even if you came in for a minute and listened and downloaded, uh, we have downloads now from India, from uh, Great Britain. We had downloads, the newest states to add to the state list. I don't know if you saw today. I did not. Uh, Nevada. We have listeners cool. from Nevada. We have listeners from New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. So we're invading the Northeast. Uh, Howard Stern, beware. <laughs> I was glad to see that the number of listeners from Kentucky finally overtook and passed Tennessee. <laughs> Considering the fact that you have lived, what, 70, 80% of your life I don't yeah. know. You, you were out west for a while. 70%. Yeah, a good portion of your life here. Same for me. I lived in the Washington, D.C. suburbs for a few years. But other than that, we're Kentucky boys, born and raised, and spent most of our life here. And 99% of our family and friends are here. And we started podcast, and we had more viewers or listeners from uh, Tennessee than we did from our home state until this week, I believe. Well, that, and you know, being from Kentucky and a huge fan of Kentucky football, I like it in basketball for you. I like it any time we can beat, can beat Tennessee. Sure. I don't care if it's donating blood, if it's, if it's the first ones to get to vote. If we can beat Tennessee on any given occasion, let's do it. So That's I'm all right. about that. Has Robin lived here long enough to halfway begin to feel the same way? Uh... Kind of, kind of not. I don't think she even cares the way we care, really. She's not a sports fan, which is where a lot of this. Yeah, and originally she's from North Carolina, so. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not know that. How was your week? Uh, my week was good. Um, week was real good. Uh, a lot of work. It's very hot. So a lot of my work, uh, as you all may know, I'm a realtor here in Central Kentucky, so a lot of the times I can do my work on two wheels, which always makes me happy. Um, and I got, uh, just want to mention it down in my hometown of Cynthiana on July 30th. Uh, they have Cynthiana bike night, uh, knowing that I like motorcycles. That's a huge deal. And I've, I've been blessed to be able to help advertise in some of the, the, the grab bags for some of the bikes that will be registered for that. So I'm pretty stoked. Um, I'm dropping that stuff off tomorrow. Uh, 
last year as an example, this little small town, I think Cynthia Ann at last century at last census had just under 6,000 folk. Um, last year, I think by noon, it starts, the event starts at 10, it goes to eight by noon. There was already 2000 plus motorcycles there. Darn. Uh, so almost a motor by the, by the end of the day, there's probably a motorcycle for everybody that lives in the city. So where is it held at? Right downtown. They block all four or five blocks. Just right on the downtown. streets. Yep, absolutely. Oh, darn. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, 2,000 bikes for downtown Cynthiana. And I, I ran a store there for a few years, but yeah, don't remember being downtown Cynthiana more than four or five times ever. It's your I'll, typical typical downtown, small town, anywhere, USA. Big Main Street, you know, and several streets around the courthouse. Uh, the old courthouse, of course, like everyone else, the, the courthouses have fleeced enough people to buy, build a big brand new one. But, um, yeah, there's a whole block around the courthouse that they use. They go up and down several other streets. So um, I'd say before I left, there was 3,500 motorcycles in, in this little town. Um, and I left well before the, the whole thing was over. So I've never been to, what, what are they called? It's at the end of bike night. Yeah, I've never been to a bike night. That sounds huge. Now I've been to a few of the like antique car shows, that type thing. If they have a hundred participants, they're lucky. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you're talking about three thousand bikes. That just seems yeah. huge, isn't well, it? For compared to most bike nights, is that average? It's one of the biggest, and I would say yeah, it's one of the biggest in imagine. Kentucky. You started saying it sounded huge. They have you know food trucks. They have. <laughs> Uh, live music. They have stunt. They block off one whole street that's just for stunt bikes, and they have these guys come in. And the things that these guys can do on two wheels makes the stunts you see on Hollywood look ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Um, so good times. If you're in the area, by all means, on the thirtieth, go down there and check that out. You'll enjoy it. Um, but uh, just wanted to bring that up. Those guys. Uh, good friends of mine that I grew up with put that on their, their motorcycle club puts that on and the money that they raise and all that stuff goes to good causes. And it's, it's just a good day. So definitely want to check that out on the June 30th, July 30th, July 30th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. A little over a month to go. So Jerry. Yes. Um, over the years, you've always said that I had two faults. Only two? Yeah, that's what you usually say. Really? Yeah. The first one is that I don't listen. No. The I second one is, uh, I, I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a poor attempt. No. no poor that attempt. Was, uh, that was one of your better ones, I would have to say. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, would absolutely have to say that was one of your better ones. It, you well, did throw me at first, mainly yeah. because I'm like, wait a minute, where's he going with this? Well, I don't remember ever saying that to him. Well, let me give you some advice. What's that? Since, since you enjoyed that joke. Tequila may not be the answer to your problems, but it's worth a shot. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> That's just a no lose. Or, or that situation. wonderful, all that wonderful wine we had last week. Gosh, that stuff was good. That stuff was awesome. By the way, what did your wife have to say about the let's cool everything? Oh, she thought we was gross. Of course, she's thought that for quite some time, right? Yeah, absolutely. She has thought that for quite some time. <coughs> Well, I will say this. Uh, my response to you would be what I heard an old furniture maker say to another one during a real tense discussion one time. Let's table this. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's bad. Bad. For the time being, we will agree to table this. So, this week we're doing a topic that's a little bit different than what we normally do. You want to explain to our listeners what we're doing and how it's different? Yeah, well, this is, uh, as always, we, we try to keep current and at least talk about something that's been in the news. Uh, 
about uh, what was it two weeks ago was the two year anniversary of uh, George Floyd incident in Minneapolis. Um, without any doubts, uh, I think it's safe to say that there was a very bad experience for the cops involved for Mr. Floyd ultimately. Um, and it sparked a huge worldwide, uh, I don't know the word protest, protest, discussion, discussion, is the better word because some people protested, some people rioted. And I think that there's a very distinct difference. And some didn't either, but still participated in the discussion. Right. And I think that it was a discussion that, um, well, honestly, it really saddens me that in 2022 we have to have this discussion. <laughs> and the way we broke this down is is we could talk for days about any aspect of this this incident and still not cover it all. So what we wanted to do was kind of it's two years later. We wanted to talk about we wanted to talk about five things on both sides, five things that we feel has came good of the George Floyd incident. Um, and you're going to be covering those. Right. Um, and five things that we feel could be that are bad, that are negative things that came from that. Um, and I'm going to be covering those. And both of them, I we're going to do our thumbs up thing to see which ones deserve more, which ones deserve less. And, and again, the, one of the differences – and this one and our typical one is that several of these things are a, when we do a thumbs up or a thumbs down, when we rate it and say, does it need more or less coverage will be from a historical context. Yeah. Some of these are already done and over with. Mm-hmm. And we're simply saying whether it's now, whether it was six months ago, a year ago, or two years ago when it first happened, was the coverage about right or should it have had more or less? So that's the way that that this one is different is in this case, some of these are a historical context, if you will. Uh, But yeah, if it's okay, I'm going to spend just maybe a minute or so just giving some basic bare facts of what happened. Sure. Absolutely. Um, As Steve already said, George Floyd in Minneapolis on May 25th, 2020, um, he had been accused of passing, I believe it was a counterfeit $20 bill. I know it was counterfeit money. I think it's a $20 bill at a local grocery store, liquor store, some store. They called the police. He had not left the area. He was sitting in a car outside with some other people. They, The police arrived and talked to the store manager, I would assume, whoever, store personnel. They pointed out the vehicle. They went and got him out. Uh, he very quickly, according to what the cops stated, and from everything I've seen, they were 100% correct. He was obviously blown out of his mind on drugs. This guy wasn't even close to being sober. Um, I do remember hearing, but I don't recall now what drugs he was on. If I, I have that answer for you. It was you. pretty strong stuff. Uh, what, what was it? George Floyd, at the time of the, the autopsy, which is several hours later, mind you, had meth. Uh, marijuana and enough fentanyl in his body yeah, to fentanyl. kill three healthy men. Fentanyl is one of the stronger, more powerful, potent drugs. 73% of all overdoses today is yeah. is because of fentanyl. This guy was on a ton of stuff. Probably why he didn't have enough sense to leave the scene of the crime after he committed it. Stick around for, I don't know how long, I would have guessed few minutes at least before the police showed up. I can't imagine the police are going to red light it to get a counterfeit bill. Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. he, he was there for a minute. Yeah, he was. He just sat in the car right out front, basically. It's, you know, I, again, this wasn't across the street, you know, down a block or two. He was basically right in front of the same store he passed the counterfeit money sitting in the car. But anyway, he was asked to get out of the car. He was. They talked to him. They quickly figured out that he was on some substance for there. And I think pretty quickly they knew that it wasn't um, just alcohol that they, they knew the guy was on some serious drugs. There came a point in time. And I don't know if I ever heard based upon what evidence or if it was just that fact that he was 
publicly intoxicated, to, you know, blown out of his mind. That he was put under arrest, and they proceeded to initially try to take him and put him in a, the uh, back seat of a patrol car. Apparently, he was claustrophobic. He fell down. Uh, or at least claimed to be. I don't know if he was, but he claimed to be claustrophobic. He fell down. Uh, at this point, he was put under arrest. He was handcuffed, hands behind his back. He was lying face down in the street. And Derek Chauvin, the senior police officer at the scene, proceeded to kneel with his knee on the neck of George Floyd for approximately nine and a half minutes. Um during which time, by the way, there was three other police officers. There were several other uh, bystanders, witnesses, and at least two, I think more, but it, I know there was at least two people who videotaped with their cell phones part of the incident. He was heard repeatedly telling Chauvin, please, I can't breathe. Um, Jerry, in all yes. fairness, the BBC video that aired on the BBC, not in America, it actually showed him telling the police that before they ever even put him on handcuffs. So he couldn't breathe. He was already having trouble breathing. Very overweight guy. Very, he was overweight, but uh, according to the coroner who did it, the first effects of a fentanyl overdose is the constriction of your lungs. So he was already beginning the throes of that. He was having trouble breathing to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So even after that, um, Chauvin did not let up. He continued to kneel on his neck. Um, several bystanders were begging for the police to let him, to, to get him up, to help him to, to no longer kneel on his neck. I don't recall now, but one of the police officers actually even came and tried to get Derek Chauvin to let him provide medical assistance and Chauvin refused. Um, Show, or, yeah, Derek Chauvin continued to kneel on his neck for approximately three and a half minutes after George Floyd's body became basically lifeless. He quit moving. For th another three and a half minutes, he continued to kneel. Um, long story short, George Floyd died. Obviously, th there was a lot of talk later on about, you know, if he had not done drugs, would he have died? Probably not. Again, at the same time, there's zero evidence to prove that without the police intervention that he would have died. It's possible. Anytime you're doing huge amounts of drugs, it's possible. Well, the, the coroner later said that if we had found George Floyd in a, in a, in a hotel room or his house uh, later that afternoon, they would have been doing it as a, a regular drug overdose. That's how he would, he had that much fentanyl in his system. He had a lot of fentanyl in his system. Yeah. Um, and again, not, not, we're not a good guy. This nope. guy had a long rap sheet. This guy, uh, nine arrests previous. I believe he had previously done time in prison. Five years. No one is trying to say that George Floyd was a good guy. But at the same time, I've yet to hear anyone that has ever said that he did anything that gave the police the right to become judge, jury, and executioner and decide to murder him on the spot for what he had done, for what he was accused of. I don't even care if you were accused of murder. That does not give police the right to become judge, jury, and executioner on the spot, which is basically what happened. So, um, that that's just said to give a little background um, of the George Floyd incident. Just in case somebody was living under a rock for the last And hadn't heard. It's <laughs> true, but you know what? Part of this I'd forgotten. Again, it was two years ago. You and I were talking just the other day. We've had read that Putin is now saying that he believes that Russia will ultimately prevail in the Russia-Ukraine war simply because he thinks the rest of the world is going to get tired of following it and going to get tired of helping. And that happens. We get tired of hearing all the bad stuff. So, yeah, this was two years ago. So that was a uh, little background on what happened. And uh, so which one are we going to do first? Five words, uh, five best. Let's let's do yours first. Okay. Because I got a little thing at the end that I just want to cover. Sure. First thing that I would say that came out of this that was good is something that Steve mentioned early on. 
it started a worldwide conversation. Again, I absolutely agree that it's kind of sad that we need to have this conversation in 2022. Uh, now, th there are two types of racism and discrimination. There's covert and there's overt. Overt is when it's just out in front of your face. You you can't hide it. Uh, I'm talking about someone that's, you know, running down the street calling a bunch of black people the N-word. Your guy in Buffalo that you talked about the other day, pretty overtly, the guy that went into the, the, the grocery store. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Overtly, on his Facebook, he was a known racist. The mass killer. Yeah. Drove three and a half hours. He, he lived in New York, lived in a predominantly white area, drove, I think it's three and a half hours to get to this one area for some reason that was predominantly black that he did not like. Uh, so he could make sure that he kills more black people. Uh, so yeah. the other aspect of it is, and this is the hard part of racism or discrimination. There's one aspect of discrimination that will never go away. And this is where the implicit that you hear some people talking about comes from. And that is the fact that it is human nature to want to associate, to be more comfortable associating with that which we are familiar. That means that the average human person is going to be more comfortable with people that they are familiar with. That doesn't necessarily have to mean friends that they already have, although they certainly will be. Think about yourself. Who are you more likely to go out to dinner with? Friends you've had for a while? Someone you met yesterday on the street? It's really no different. We have, prefer we have preferences for people that we tend to identify with more. That's going to be people who look like us, talk like us, act like us, live where we do, work where we do. But is that racism? Sure it is. You think so? Here's the point. If... Is it all the time? No. What if you're in a position to be able to hire? What if you're in a position where there is, you and, and we I both have many years in running a retail store where we didn't have a committee. It, we were sitting down doing the interviews and it was totally 100% up to us to make the offer or not. Right. Even if my brother was a associate dean, they would have interview committees which probably helps get away from some racism because suddenly you have a group of, I think it was seven people that was making the decision. Even so, we have, in that case, if you continue to follow those same tendencies, which we will do unless you make an overt action to go away from your normal, which, again, the normal of any person, I think, is to want to associate with people that we feel more comfortable with. And that is usually people that looks like, talks like, acts like, goes to church with, goes to school with. But there's a difference in that. And this is just my opinion. I don't mean to cut you off or, or no, you no, go ahead. cut into your time. But there's a difference in that um, because that's that's not just, you know, on a on a on a regular basis. When people came over here and America was in its infancy, those people. Very same people settled in the same neighborhoods. The Italians. What same people? Any group of no, people. No, they really didn't. Italians, Russians. Oh, uh, the same neighborhood as what? As each other. Yes. That's yes. what I'm saying. And it still exists today. Yeah, exactly. When you go to New York City. But, they, I mean, that wasn't, a, to me, that wasn't, oh, well, I'm going to not be over here because you're a you're a, a, a from Ireland. You're 100% correct. That's all I'm saying. You're 100% correct. That part itself, the fact that they wanted to live around some other Italians, if they're Italian, uh, Chinatown. There's still a huge Chinatown, right? In most big cities. That within itself is not racism. Right. What is racism is what if you have a house for sale? Oh, I deal with this every day. Yeah. What if you have a house for sale and you're in the middle of Italian area and a couple of white families, a couple of black families come and want to look at it. Do you treat them the same way as you do the Italian family that comes? Because if you don't, that is racist. You're talking about me personally? No, no, no. Oh, the group See, of you're, people. You're not a real estate agent. You're not, you don't have homes for sale in New York right, City. Right. My question is, those people in New York City, which you got to get into a big city before you're going to have an Italian section of town, sure, right? Sure, sure. You don't have that in Frankfort, Kentucky. But the point is, that's when it transfers from... 
okay, this is who I'd like to live next to into racism where I'm going to go out of my way to make it harder for these other groups than someone I would prefer to be there. Sure. Well, I just want to point out from my profession, that's called steering and we're not allowed to do that. (laughs) You're right. It's absolutely 100% illegal. Now, do you think it goes on is the question. I would certainly hope not, but I can't say that it doesn't. Do you think it goes on? I would hope that it doesn't. You're giving me a big shitting grin right now, which tells me you can certainly understand. And guys, that's what I'm saying. There's parts of racism, and this is the hard part of racism to get away from. The hard part of racism to get away from is those implicit bias that that we may have had coming from no one telling us that a particular group of people was inferior or bad. It's simply a wish to want to associate with people that we know, with people that we're friends with, people that we went to school with, go to church with, so on and so forth. Anyway, kind of got off the track of the point that I was trying to make. Um, The first bullet point I was making was that it did start a worldwide conversation, which is a good thing. We've had demonstrations in every state in the United States, all 50 states. We've also had demonstrations in more than 50 different countries around the world. It has also sparked the largest racial justice protest in the United States since the civil rights movement. And that's not only in the United States, but also many of the countries around the world. Now, there's a lot of people who don't like the word protest. And I'll be the first to admit protest can and often do devolve into flat out criminal behavior. There are people who try to take advantage of the situation and decide, well, there's you know a few thousand people here. They're not going to be able to find out who exactly did this if I set this on fire, if we flip a few cop cars over, if we break into 100 stores. And guys, we all know that in BLM there was a ton of uh, looting that went on. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, I know I'm trailing kind of stealing your thunder here, and I don't mean to. But some of these points, Very and good. I'll get to this in a little bit. Uh, some of these points can actually be on both lists. Mm-hmm. When you were in retail, we often, most of the companies I work with, we had to do a self-evaluation at the end of the year. We had to list things that are, are weaknesses and our strengths. And there's times when I had items on both lists. You can be good at something, but if you still have a lot of room to improve, same thing here. There, there's two or three things that I thought about as I was going through that, you know, there's a very good chance this is going to be on both of our lists. But... The worldwide conversation, I think, was a good thing. Um, which brings up another question, and that is, w- was there a need for the George Floyd movement? Was there a need for the protests that followed? Um, as Steve alluded to earlier, it's sad to say that it's still necessary, but I think it's pretty obvious that, at least in some areas, discussions needed to be had, conversations needed to be had. I'm not by any means trying to advocate and and say that it made it okay to do some of the criminal behavior that come from some of the protests. Um, But back to the point, was there a need for the George Floyd movement? There's three points I want to make here. Number one is protest. The people who are being protested against never want the protest. You notice that? Ever. Common sense, right? But without protest, let's take a look at two things that we would not have without protest. Number one, the United States of America would not exist. Our country started when we began protesting against Great Britain. Uh, The Boston Tea Party is a prime example. We didn't like the taxation without representation. So what did we do? Did did we have a nice little uh, protest outside, peaceful protest? Do we have a few people walking up now a picket line waving some signs? <laughs> no, we went on board one of their ships and we proceeded to take the goods that they had, all the tea, and we threw it in the ocean. We destroyed their property. Obviously, criminal acts back then, protests often devolve into things that they, they shouldn't. Another thing, so we, we've talked about countries. We've talked about political parties. We've talked about how the United States itself wouldn't be here if it weren't for protest. Uh, Let's talk about some of the major religions in the United States. How about if you take a look at Baptist, Catholic, Church of God, Pentecostal, every one of those, 
what, what umbrella would you put those under? It's usually called Protestant, right? The word Protestant, what, what does it mean? Where does it come from? Protest. Protesting what? Uh, the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. It literally is in the name. Protestants protested because at one time, keep in mind, in the Church of England and and in several other countries around the world, there, there was only one religion allowed. And the forefathers of the Protestants began to protest. Uh, if it weren't for those protests, which in many there was a ton of people killed in this, by the way. Again, for that matter, there's been more people killed under the name of religious wars than any other type of war in the history of the world. Different story, different topic for another day. But again, that was all brought up to simply say, your view of protest is usually whether or not you're in power. If you're in power and you're the one that's being protested against, that group of people as a whole, there's always exceptions, but that group of people as a whole never wants to see the protest. Uh, second thing, two statistics. Black people are over three times as likely as whites to be killed by police in the United States. They are more than 3.7 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana. There's a reason I brought that up. The previous statistic that I gave that blacks are more than three times as likely as whites to be killed by police. Some people will say, well, it's simply because you've got more than three times the number of blacks proportionally that are committing major crime. I, that one's hard to argue one way or the other. We have no way of knowing the percentage of people that are not caught and whether or not they're white or black. So you, you can make that statement. You have no way to back it up or, and you have no way of, of arguing that it's false. But in this one, we do. Black people are more than 3.7 times as likely to be arrested as a white person for marijuana. And yet study after study says basically the same percentage of whites and blacks use marijuana. You've got two groups of people that are using this illegal drug at basically the same exact rates, really close numbers. But yet blacks are more than 3.7 times as likely to be arrested. That alone tells me that we need to start a conversation about something. So, number one, I'll try to speed it up. Number two, <laughs> cracking a whip. Huh? Now you're good. The second thing I would say is the police departments are making changes. Let me let me ask you real quick sure. about the marijuana thing. Sure. Um, and hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to ask one of our guests about that. Um, just real quick. One, sure. One's in. Legalize it? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I will then go further and say something you probably didn't think I would ever say online. Um, I'm one of the crazies that believe what Marion Barry said, the drug addict, cocaine, prost cocaine sniffing, prostitution hiring mayor of Washington, D.C. I think he had one smart thing that he ever said, uh, for sure. And that was legalized at all. All well, of it. Yeah. All of it. I realize there's some danger in that. And here's the point. The majority of crime from drugs, any drug, comes from trying to get the money to buy the drug. If you legalize it, the crime goes away. Or the crime is a result of getting the money from the drug on the drug dealer side and fighting for areas with which to sell. It's and still about the money. Yeah, it's associated. all about the money. It's all about the money. Legalizing it does away with that problem. Legalizing, and again, I, guys, I, I literally mean it when I say all of it. Meth, heroin, fentanyl. Here, here's the thing, and, and to go along with what you're saying, and this, I firmly believe this in my heart of hearts. I don't use meth today. Yep. And it's not because it's illegal. I don't use meth because I don't want to have exactly. to deal with what meth brings with it. Exactly. So I feel like even if it was legal. I'm still not going to do it. I'm still not going to do I'm it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say, hey, you know what? I've been a good boy for a couple of months. Let's have a wild weekend. My idea of a wild weekend is let's get a bottle of wine. Let, <laughs> let me drink a six pack. It's not to go do heroin. That's meth because you're old. True. I won't, I won't <laughs> dispute that at all. No. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail what you were no, saying. I but just maybe that's a topic when we you ask. Yeah, but when you ask, yeah, this is pretty big. I 
don't want to get off on yeah. too much of a tangent. But your original question was, should we legalize marijuana? Absolutely. I agree. In my opinion. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, we, we literally have alcohol uh, yes. legalized. Which is a stronger drug. By uh, far. Than marijuana. And more addictive drug sure. than marijuana. Sure. Not a gateway to harder things that some people try to say marijuana is. Uh, I get that. Anyway, back to her. Back to you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail that. I just... You brought it up. I thought yep. I'd ask. There you go. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And I eliminated one more person from my presidential race. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. To, uh, I'm just kidding. It. I'm just kidding. Don't even go there. The fact that no, don't even. I can't pass that one up. No. This is coming from a man who just said that he would eliminate me from consideration as a running mate when he no. runs for president. No, no. I said I eliminated you as competition. Okay, competition. <laughs> now you can be my running mate. Okay. Uh, I, I'll, I'll let that one go. Uh, you know where I said it. I'll, I'll back off. Point number two. Police departments are making changes. In more than 25 states, including our state, state of Kentucky, and the District of Columbia, we've enacted some form of police reform. The most common are two things that Kentucky did, and that is to bar the chokeholds and to bar no-knock warrants. Uh, I think no-knock warrants are stupid. It, it's just absolutely idiotic. You know, how many guns do we have in this country? Isn't it like one and a half, two for every man, woman, child? Yeah, 300. We have... 306 million people um, in, in in last study I did and we were I was researching this for something totally different in Wisconsin Minnesota Illinois which has major gun control um, Indiana and Missouri we have over 300 million guns I'm yeah. pretty sure it was some crazy number I don't remember the overall number but it, I'm thinking it's one and a half to weapons for every man, woman, child in America. Yeah. So Easy. if you're police and you're knocking on a door, and obviously there's huge differences if you're looking at California or New Jersey uh, versus, you know, a rural conservative state like Kentucky or Tennessee. Well, what are the chances that you're going to encounter a home with a weapon? Pretty friggin' high. Now, I don't know about you, but if I hear some people sneaking around outside my house, and they proceed to bust in the house without knocking, without identifying themselves, I will be very apt to be exactly like Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, yeah. husband, whatever. Boyfriend. I'm probably going to be shooting at someone. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we have that. We have in Kentucky, we have the, the castle, castle law. And we have every free. single right within the world to do that. Unless it's, it's a cop, which you have no way of knowing. And I know not worth it. They don't have to identify themselves. Right. But if it's a cop, there's no law that says you don't have that right. You can look at the statistics, which says if I do shoot and kill a cop, I will go to prison. <laughs> if you make it that far. If I make it that far. Brianna <laughs> Taylor did honest. not. And right. she didn't even have the gun. Uh, so th that's number two. And I think that, that those two things need to happen. Chokeholds should be barred. No knock warrants should be done away with. Um, and if I can get this screen to scroll. In addition to the uh, police departments, there's also several other laws that have either been passed, executive orders made. Trump, he passed in 2020 the executive order on safe policing for safe communities. Several other bills have been proposed that have not yet passed from the federal standpoint. The Justice and Policing Act of 2020, the George Floyd Law Enforcement Trust. These are things that at least some of them are going to be passed, and they are good things. Third, third thing, and this one is where, especially in a good old country boy state like Kentucky, it begins to get contentious. Um, but one of the good things that I think happened as a result of the George Floyd movement is the removing and prohibiting displays of the Confederate battle flag. Some statues honoring Confederates. And again, that one is good and bad. It's no different than some of the protesters that have went too far and burned buildings and looted and blah, blah, blah. They threw one, one statute of a slave owner or slave seller prominently in Charleston into the ocean. That's a bit far. Steve, I don't. <laughs> that's nothing compared to some of the ones I'll tell you. I don't know if this is on your list. Am I stealing from your thunder here? 
Yeah, but that's fine. Go ahead. Because we're coming at it from different angles. Here are some of the ones that are just absolutely stupid. Statues of Christopher Columbus were torn down and demolished because he and his actions led to racist policies against Native Americans. Winston Churchill statue in the United Kingdom was attempted to be pulled over. Wasn't, I think I read, they weren't successful at that, but did spray paint it uh, and call him a racist. I don't know why. I assume someone in his family had slaves. Um, no, that's really brilliant because they'd all be so, speaking German if it wasn't for Churchill. Really? <laughs> Not only that, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams. These are some of the statues. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Anyone who, and I'm not for sure, what, what was his, what were they criticizing about his? He the, didn't have slaves. No, well, so and he actually did. freed the slaves. But he had a statue in Lexington. Was it Lexington? No. Or is it Frankfurt? Neither one. Not of Abraham Lincoln that was removed. No, no, it wasn't removed, but they wanted it removed. Okay, okay. Uh, it had two children that were of African-American descent at his feet, and he was reading to them. And they wanted him because... Some they were in type position or something. Right, what right. Doing. And it yes. was it was a that wasn't the intent of the statue statue at all. Moralizing. Right. Totally agree. You know, when you start talking about George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, uh, who had a black slave and, and later on in life was known to have said she was the love of his life. Yeah. He would have married her had laws allowed it. Uh, yeah. When was that changed? Not until the 1950s, wasn't it? <laughs> It's not or sixties maybe maybe it's not been that long when a black person and a white person get married, but anyway, some of the people took it way too far. Now, on the other hand, was there some statues that probably should have been done away with? There's a link that uh, I will add to the podcast later when I'm on my computer that shows a list, if I remember correctly, of 173 different Confederate statues that were have been removed since the George Floyd movements. I'm going to give you the name of a few of them. Steve, if you uh, recognize any of these and think that any of these deserve to be memorialized, please let me, please stop me let me know. Okay. Here's the name of a few. John Castleman, Alfred Mouton, Henry Watkins Allen, Charles Lynn, Judah Benjamin, William Wing Loring, Henry Lawson Wyatt, Recognize any of those names? No one. Me either. <laughs> Not a single one. John Castleman was, uh, I'll have to go look it up. I thought I remembered. Lexington or Frankfurt one. We had a statue of him. It, these guys that I just mentioned, they all had statues. Their claim to fame, they were in the Civil War as a Confederate officer. Is that a reason to put up a statue? No. Let me ask you something. How many people from the Revolutionary War have you ever seen or heard of having a statue if it wasn't one of the top two or three generals of one side or the other? True. Um, now, how about any other war? Forget Revolutionary War, which is probably the most right. important war. Any other war. Right. The I will say, my back to my hometowns, Indiana again. We did name the bridge, the main primary bridge coming into town, after the guy who burned our town down twice. Just want to throw that out. Which side was he on, by the way? <laughs> huh? Which side was that uh, guy on? Not yeah. that it really matters. He was on the south. He was Confederate. He was and, and Cynthia was literally right. So why would there. they, if he burnt the town twice, why would they name the, <laughs> I have no idea. the bridge after him? The General John Hunt Morgan Bridge. Oh, me darn. <laughs> So my point was that there's a lot of these statues that when you begin to look at it, I find a really hard time finding a historical reason for this statue existing other than people simply trying to glorify the Confederacy. And that if that is the true reason that the, the statue was there, I would say it should probably come down. Again, when you start talking about uh, General Lee, uh, Jefferson, what's his name? Jefferson Davis, mm -hmm. president of the uh, South. A little bit different story there. You're talking about the top guys. I could understand why that some of those statues were there. Uh, those were taken down as well, which I don't agree with. But number three, removing prohibiting displays of the Confederate battle flag, which I really don't get. 
I, and again, I grew up in a little small town in Southern Kentucky. I remember going to uh, school and seeing pickup trucks out in the parking lot with a Confederate flag across the back of the back windshield. Even then, wondered, what is it you're trying to say? What is it? If it's not anti-black, what could that possibly say? Do you have anything, Dave? I, no. I agree. It's possible, I guess, that someone, you know, is... The argument you get is Southern heritage. Bull crap. But, no, I'm, I'm not saying that that's what I tend to. I'm saying that's the argument you get. No, no, no. I, I agree with and, you. And, and, but as an extension, that Southern heritage is inherently related to slavery. Exactly. So... Took to one half dozen of the other. Right, right. So that argument's null and void, in my opinion. That's what I'm, that's what I was going along with the same thing: the prohibition of the Confederate flag, United States Marine Corps, United States Navy, United States Coast Guard specifically have outlawed the the or have prohibited the Confederate flag from being flown on any other bases, their installations, any of their members to. Uh, have any public sign of it. So if you have a Confederate flag tattoo, that's fine and great. You better keep that thing covered up 100% of the time. Uh, later on, Secretary Esper passed a rule that prohibited the flying or the presentation of the Confederate flag at all U.S. military installations, which is probably the reason why the Army and the Air Force never, never went ahead and prohibited it as well. My bad, dude. I just realized I'm way over on this. Oh, no, you're good. that long? Jeez. You're good. You're good. I don't care. I, this is a topic that deserves that amount of time. Two more, and I'll cover them really quickly. Number sure. four, accountability. Derek Chauvin and the other three officers were fired and charged with crimes. Derek Chauvin has been found guilty of murder. The other three are awaiting trial for aiding and abetting murder. Uh, prior to that, to put that in perspective, prior to this instance, only one other officer, police officer in the state of Minnesota had ever been convicted of killing a civilian. Wow. Ever. That's crazy. Ever. Because we know that happens. It does. Okay. Now, let me say that. We know that happens. Okay. But that being said, police officers have probably the hardest job on U.S. soil. No doubt. I don't think probably. You see what I'm saying? Say 100%. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know what, what it takes to clean a nuclear silo. To me, that's pretty bad, too. <laughs> but for a day-to-day pressure-filled, yep. oh, my gosh, am I coming home today, John? You know, that Hilarious. has to be the worst, most stress-filled job in America. Today. And we found several of these uh, murders, and it's not just against black people. Some of it's against white, too. Do you remember the lady? I'm thinking it was maybe in Wisconsin. A woman who had observed, I don't even recall what she had saw. She was from Australia. Uh, a lady had observed some criminal activity. She called the cops. She reported it. They came. It was slightly after dusk. She saw the the officers. There's two guys in a uh, police car that were cruising up and down an alley. And she thought it was pretty obvious that they had not been able to identify the area that she had called in about. She went out knocked on the window and was shot and killed. Oh, jeez. White woman. Yeah. This is a white woman. So part of this goes back to what you just said. High, very high stress job. Yeah. We don't always do the best job of hiring the best people to be able to deal with that stress, which is where part of the problems come from. Number five, last and least. In this case, it is certainly least. I have a category called miscellaneous, uh, and it really should have been thrown into another category which was the uh, Confederate flag. State of Mississippi, until the George Floyd incident, the state flag of the state of Mississippi contained the Confederate flag. Sure did. One portion of their state flag of the state of Mississippi had the Confederate flag. They changed their flag. Another thing, this one shocked me. Mississippi did too. Pretty rural, pretty southern, pretty conservative state. But dang, come on. Yeah. (laughs) But this one got me as well. NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. Yes. Yeah, NASCAR banned, and as a result of this. And has taken, which really is sad, taken a hit in popularity. Yeah, it somewhat. Is. 
a lot of their constituents were the people wanted to fly. Steve, my absolute apologies. I went way over my. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Uh, let me turn this over to you. Mine are mine are going to be really really quick anyway, um, and it's fine uh, because I want to get to my last point because my last point, in my opinion, is the one that I want to talk about the most anyway. Uh, my first point, and you talked about it, was the removal of historic statues and changing of textbooks. Um, and and again, I'm covering the five worst things that I think and we feel or that I feel came from the George Floyd incident. When you and this has been debated, and we could debate on it for hours. We're not going to. You cannot. And this is not the term. I don't know another term for this, but you cannot whitewash history. History is what it is. Yep. And as soon as we try to make it go away or we try to forget about it, we are dooming ourselves to repeat it. Some smart guy a million years ago said that, and they were right then and they're right now. Um, just because you don't approve of what somebody did back in the day and we don't necessarily today approve of honoring them with a statue, defacing it and, and breaking laws to make that go away is not the way to do it. Let's put it in a museum where it needs to go. Um, Which is what Kentucky did in both right, other cases. Right. Let's it put it in a museum. Let's put it in a, 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 I think Kentucky and Lexington, they put several in the, the cemetery. The cemetery is a, a place of rest. Why not put those things to rest in the cemetery? So, but you can't just make them go away. You can't throw them in the ocean because that doesn't fix anything. That doesn't teach anything. So the number two thing that I think was the worst was negative, and I'm going to use one example. There are several in the United States, is a big thing that happened is the defund the police movement. Um, I have never, Derek Chauvin and the dudes that were with him, are bad dudes. They, the the guy who recently uh, just got finished with the trial in Louisville, who shot Breonna Taylor, is a bad dude. Um, and they shouldn't have been police officers. I get that. But as an example, in Minneapolis, where George Floyd was killed, they defunded the police. The very next year, twenty twenty one, they reduced funding. They reduced funding. That's what I meant. That to me, that's the same. Well, it's uh, not. Some of them actually want to defund. I understand, but in this particular case, in Minneapolis, where they just reduced funding, the next year, a two hundred and fifty percent increase in gunshot victims, not gun crime, because in order to have a crime, you have to be caught. It's a two hundred and fifty percent increase in gunshot victims going to hospitals. Is that a direct result? I'd like. Kind of think it's hard to deny that it isn't. <laughs> Oregon's the state of Oregon's got several cities Portland, that show the same uh, numbers. Uh, exactly, the numbers are through the roof, and there's people begging, "Hey, bring us cops." Well, guess what? You kick the cops out by reducing their funding, by telling them that they weren't welcome because of the actions of a very few bad apples. So all the good apples, they're on to being realist, you know. Uh, uh, insurance salesmen and, and starting their own businesses and not worried about the protection of people. And I think that's a very negative thing that already was a stressful job. And we've pushed a lot of the good police officers out. Um, the next thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of flowing through these. So if you want to add anything to these, Jerry, by all means, jump in. There. I agree with everything you said. Um we talked about protest, and you talked about protest in, in, at length. But the minute your protest throws a shopping cart through a window and your protest starts looting the store and destroying small businesses in your community, it's no longer a protest, it's a riot. That's and, where I would disagree. When you say your protest, how do you keep a few bad apples from showing up? Whether it's a police department or a protest. There were there weren't a few bad apples that destroyed the target in Minneapolis. There were hundreds. They looted the whole store. In no. fact, I don't even know that it ever reopened. 
But once again, there was a, in almost every case, there was a group of people who started a protest and these people were not looting. These people were honest people trying to make a difference. I understand. And those people in that particular case, it's my opinion. If you're one of those people, you need to police the other people. You're not going to get the police there. You don't want them there. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I do, but you uh, can get out fact, of hand quickly. 19 more people that, within two weeks in those protests all across the nation, 19 more people died in the riot slash protest. There's a correct way and there's an incorrect way of doing it. And though, and I'm not talking about the people that were doing it the correct way. Those people were trying to do their very best. The people that took advantage, the looters, the criminals who killed these other 19 people, it, it was kind of the same thing. It, it And it leads to my next point. It only takes a few people to give a movement a bad name or leave a bad taste in no somebody's mouth. No different than the few bad apples in the police department that have given exactly. a bad overview of the entire police force in America. One of the big movements that came out of the, the and it didn't originate there, but it definitely exploded when the George Floyd thing happened was Black Lives Matter. Very good meaning. Hey, we are out here. We care. We Our people matter. Okay, and and quite frankly, um, it didn't take long before the self-appointed leader of BLM was siphoning off several million dollars of the donated money to buy her own self a bunch of real estate. And then when the, the, it got hot for her, she handed the business off to her husband. He did the same thing. And all... Uh, it, it's really unfortunate because the same deal as the rioters, now people have, in general, not everybody, because not everybody who believes and is a part of the Black Lives Movement are these people. But it does leave a bad taste in your mouth about the whole thing. Uh, and those are people in control. It's no different than how, in my opinion, how people viewed the Catholic Church and the priest and the, the Pope <laughs> And the handling of the, the sex scandal. I would even agree that it's one of the worst things to happen, even if it didn't leave a bad image of the movement. Simply look at the fact of all this money that was raised by people that were trying to make a difference, and you find out it was wasted on some greedy jerk who decided, I'm going to take that money and enrich my life. So even if it didn't, which I agree, it's going to leave a bad mark on the movement. But even if it didn't, it's still a horrible thing that happened because all this money that, that I'm sure a lot of people who, uh, some of them are probably rich people. Some of them are probably people who didn't have the money to give. And they're given this money trying to make a difference only to find out that all they did was line someone's pocket. Right. And, and, you know, the next time that, uh, you know, the unfortunate part of that is the next time BLM is sending out door mailers saying, "Hey, we need money so that we can we can act you know activate this or do that." Uh, that money is going to be a, a harder a harder get the Much next harder. time. Um, which leads me to my final point. Well, two points. Let me let me backtrack just a hair. Um, before the riots and the protests and all of that, I, I want to say that even the police, who in this case were very wrong, deserve the opportunity to present themselves in trial. And did we judge too fast? You know, we talked about George Floyd being kind of a bad dude. He spent five years in prison for holding a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach and making her uh, withdraw money from an ATM, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not a good dude, was on fentanyl, was on meth, blah, blah, blah. And when the toxicology came back, the coroner said there was zero evidence of asphyxiation. Uh, that's any uh, anything having to do with his neck, unfortunately. Now, we saw the video. That certainly wasn't comfortable, but it's not what killed him, um, according to the coroner that handled his body. Uh, so on this, yeah, it's too late. But in the future, should we not take the time to get the full report before we start jumping through the windows? That's just one of the other small things. A good example of that, I think, is, and I don't remember all the details. I haven't heard anything about this in a year or two. 
there was a protest somewhere, a Black Lives Matter protest in Texas, I believe Houston, where a couple of people who were pissed off and had had enough, this was the last straw, began firing at officers. And if I remember correctly, killed one or two and wounded two or three more. They were somewhere remote. They were shooting down at cops. Exactly what you're saying. Yes, they decided to commit the same crime that Chauvin and his buddies did. They decided to become judge, jury, and executioner against people. In this case, they didn't even know if they'd ever done anything wrong in their life. At least yeah. Chauvin and these guys knew that they were dealing with someone who's got a drug problem. I'm sure they hadn't, when they initially started, they probably hadn't ran his rap sheet, probably didn't know all this other stuff. They knew he was on drugs. Actually, well, maybe, but there was history between Chauvin and, and George Some, Floyd. They, the bouncer they worked, at a bar yeah, or they something. they worked at a bar together yeah. or whatever. But they don't seem to ever connect it. So, um, so it brings me to my last point. And... I don't want to step on your toes, but if I do, it's okay. I'm not going to apologize for it today because sometimes we got to have a come to, uh, we just have to face something in our life. And I just want to say this and get it off my chest. This is 2022. If you are a human being that teaches your children, your younglings, the fruit of your loin, that it is okay to hate, disrespect, or treat someone poorly because they look different than you, they have a different color hair than you, they have different color skin than you, then you are disgusting and you are the problem. I don't care if you're a white person who teaches black people that or teaches your children that about black people rather. I don't care if you're a black person who teaches your children that about white people or Asians or Hispanics. It's all the same. It's all the same. When we die and we're in the grave, um, in three years, when you come back, if you were to dig us up, our skeletons all look the same. (laughs) Um, And shame on you. I hope you stub every one of your toes tonight, twice. And I would even go one step further. That's huge. That would get rid of a lot of the problem there. The second issue is those parents who are so busy with life that maybe you're not doing that, but you're not watching your kids and you don't know who they're around and what those people are teaching. Absolutely. Your kids. What care enough about your kids to know where they are, who they're with. And again, don't teach it to them yourself. And then if you're an active involved parent, a lot of this will go away. You know, um, I just, I can't believe in this day and time, through all the struggles and fights and wars that we've had as Americans since and before the 1960s, where we have all fought together for this country you know, that we still have such division between us. And, you know, this is going to sound really crappy and maybe a little rabbit hole-ish because I get a little conspiracy a little bit. But as long as we are fighting each other in our country, that benefits the people that hold power over us. Sure. Because now we're focused on each other and not focused on what they are or are not doing in our stead in Washington and Frankfurt and uh, Montpiel, or, or, um, Sacramento, California. We're not focusing on the leadership that we put there and what they're doing. And, and quite honestly, it sickens me to my very core that we still have to have a conversation about, oh, I don't like that person because they they look different than me. It just... <laughs> I just can't for the life of me think why that's a good thing that we have going on today. Now, is it good we're having the conversation? This is coming out and 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 those things are happening? Sure. It absolutely is. Still sad that it's needed. It shouldn't be needed. I have a friend that used to work for me um, at, at one of the stores I managed. I love this man. He was a black man. Uh, he was probably in his 60s when he worked for me, and he saw everything through a race-colored glasses. He's probably long dead and gone by now. Uh, 
everything that he saw, it was in the Lexington store, actually, everything that he saw, said, did, and made a judgment on was done through a prism of race. Now, he was raised in his heyday, his his main grown up was through the 60s, through the Martin Luther King marches. He was alive in that great time, but it hurt him. And, you know, he and I had a mutual respect, but it blew me away because I heard him on several, uh, several occasions with his grandkids in the store saying, now this is the only guy, the only kind of white guy I like. And he was talking about me, and I'm like, don't say that. There's lots of good, you know. It happens, and I get that it happens. But don't you as a listener or you as a person be the reason for that. You know, yeah. we, we, we are charged to be so much more, and we have the ability. And if you did do that, if you have been that, you have the ability to change that. You have the ability to make reparations and make uh, – uh, Changes. Changes and repent and, and go in a different direction and, and not be that person. So we can't change the world, but we can change our little slice of the world. Absolutely. That's a good way of looking at it. It's a good way to end the show, Jerry. It's a good job. Um, so next week, do you know what you're talking about? Not Have an clue. idea? Not a clue. Wait a minute. Is this the uh, going to be our first rapid fire thing? Oh, we could. We Let's said, do it. We haven't said when. We just said it would be probably the first of the month. So that would be the first. That would uh, be the first of the month, right? No, no, no. no, no, no. We have one, one week before. You're right. You're right. One more uh, week of regular will, topic. I think my topic next week will be, uh, if I can arrange for a, a, a guest, I have a great guest coming in on my side of the on the topic I want to do next week, which is surveillance. Oh, I think because will be the one topic then yeah yeah and i think that uh it's something that kind of pairs into this jerry and i very much disagree on this and several actions on this Uh, i think so and uh so we're going to probably uh talk about surveillance next week but uh hopefully we will have this set up this seems to be very good i am stoked that everyone's here i hope that we can go also Earlier in the show, we, we mentioned that last week we were doing, because we were drinking wine and having a good time because we cleared 100 right. downloads. We're at like 230 now. Right. <laughs> so thank everyone who downloads thank us. Thank every single one of you. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, if Oh, we almost didn't mention it. Uh, if you have an idea for the show, or last week we did ghost stories, if you have a great ghost story, send us an email. We want to hear it. Our email for this podcast is newsworthy with Stephen Jerry at gmail.com. Correct. One word, no question marks. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we talk to you uh, next week. So.